Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. As you are listening to this, doors will now be closed for Bull Darling. The glow up has happened. It's been a huge month in my world in October. And I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of my community and, and playing along with, with all the fun of the last month or so. I am really, really thrilled to bring you today's episode because I am featuring a conversation with one of my wonderful friends, Melissa Ambrosini. Melissa is a best selling author, podcaster, and speaker. And she also became mama to beautiful baby girl Bambi last year. I think Bambi and Wilder are three months apart. I think Bambi's three months older than Wilder. Becoming a mama was one of Melissa's greatest ambitions. And I'm not joking. She prepared for years for this role. I love talking to her about how she navigated a thriving business and starting a family and then how she continues to blend the two as well, the the business baby and the real baby. In our conversation, we cover who Melissa pre-Bambi was, the weight to conceive and how that sat with her as a type A business owner. And God knows I can speak from experience with this one too. How she cared for herself during pregnancy while also doing what was needed in her business. What her plans were for maternity leave and how those plans transpired. Birthing a book and a baby at the same time and how she navigated that. How becoming a mama has changed her approach to business and also what has stayed the same. I found that was really, really powerful what, what she shared here. And lastly, one piece of advice that she wants to share with wannabe business mamas and also one piece of advice to existing business mamas. Melissa also talks about her new program, Holy Mama, which is the ultimate guide to conception, birth, postpartum, and conscious parenting. You can find out about it more at holy, that's W-H-O-L-Y, mama.com. And another resource Melissa shares in the interview is her postpartum guide, which you can download at melissaambrosini.com forward slash postpartum. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's a super relevant one for us. Uh, If whether we we already have a family or if we're we're planning a family at at some stage. So hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, my love. So nice to have you on the show. Oh, my darling. Any time with you is such a delight. And if it means we have to have a podcast interview to catch up, then... I'm happy. I, I think I go through phases sometimes where I feel like I only arrange podcast interviews with my friends. So I actually have an, um, an, uh, the excuse to spend some time with them. So this is so beautiful. Thank you. I love what we're wearing. I'm in like still a sweater because it's still spring, but it's a bit chilly in Sydney and you're full on Queensland, sunny coast glory. Yeah. It's Great. beautiful and warm here. It's amazing. Oh, love. I'm heading up there soon. I'm so excited. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And as I said, I've been so excited to have this conversation. And I don't know if you noticed, I've got a candle burning here behind me. And that's from Orchard Street, which is where you and I caught up 
last time I actually saw you in Sydney. So I'm going to bring all the Melissa, Melissa Bondi vibes <laughs> to, to this conversation. So I would really love to chat to you today, my dear, about that transition that you've made from being a, a, a no mama entrepreneur to a mama entrepreneur because Bambi as we're recording this she must be like 16 months is she she's a couple Around months 17 older. months she's 17 months wow and Wada's just turning 15 yeah so they're a couple of months apart so I'd love to chat to you as, as we kind of get into this conversation about what was Melissa in business like pre-Bambi <laughs> well I cast think your mind back you and I are so similar in so many different ways. And I think that's why we get along so well because our brains just work the same way. And like when I read all of your books, which I've yeah. read all of them, Thank I'm like, you. you're talk like you're me, like you are me. And yeah. um, yeah, I know you can relate when you read my books too. So there's so much similarities between us. And I think pre-baby, I had a stepson, so I have a 16-year-old bonus son, um, which is very different to having your own baby. It's completely different. Um, And so I kind of had this taste of what parenting was like, but it's so different. You know, I didn't breastfeed him. I didn't do the nights. You know, it's so different. I met him when he was seven. It's very different. So me, pre-baby, I am... An Aries, I have a lot of fire in my chart. Um, I am a generator in human design. I am very Pitta in Ayurveda. Oh, God, so, so much I, fire and go, go, go. Yes. So much fire, <laughs> so much go, go, go. Like I'm a type A. So for me, like pre-Bambi, I am just like go, go, go. Like people would say to me, how do you do it all? How do you launch five things? How do you do all of this? And I just, I'm so disciplined with my time. And this is what my next book that I'm writing right now that I have to hand in tomorrow. I didn't even know you were writing another one. I, well, I'm out of the loop. I'm handing handing it in tomorrow. It's written with Nick. So for those listening, Nick is my husband. And this is all about how we spend our time and how to make the most of our time here on earth. It's, it's, really awesome book. And the reason we wrote it is because so many people would say to us, how do you two do everything that you do and Mm. still have a life and still see your friends and still take time for yourself and your health and things like that? So that's why we wrote this book, which I'm really excited about. But um, so I was very much, you know, go, go, go and would work long hours. And I am still, I still have that now since I've been back off maternity leave. I still have that uh, discipline and that drive. You just have pockets to work. Mm. And so in those pockets, I am so laser focused, <laughs> um, you know, where pre-Bambi, I might've been like, oh, I can kind of just like scroll social media yes. for a minute here. You don't have time to do that post-baby. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about a little bit, um, giving you a bit of an insight into pre and post. Yeah. Love. (laughs) And you mentioned that you're type A fellow, fellow experience of type A here. And you and I had both quite a similar experience in that it took us a while to conceive. So I know for myself and Wade, when we had the conversation, I was probably just this short of creating a color coded timeline to what this pregnancy was going to be like and my maternity leave. And then it took us, it actually took us 18 months to actually get pregnant. 
which was just so difficult for me as a type A to deal with because I just thought, well, I've decided I'm going to get pregnant. And like in my business, I decide I'm going to do something and, and I make it happen. And I know you had it, it was yours is a similar timeline, wasn't it? It was about 18 months as well. Yes, it was 18 months as well. Yeah, Beth. how funny. So how did you experience that? Because I know you you were you and Nick were very intentional about the fact that you were going to conceive. I know you talk a lot about conscious conception. How did you navigate that? Oh, it was the biggest spiritual assignment of my life. Mm. Because for me, I was like, okay, cool. On this month, we're going to start. And I literally thought we would get pregnant on day one. Like same. I thought- 100% same. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I know a lot of women have fears around getting pregnant. Like, oh, I'm a bit older. Will it happen for me? I had zero fears. Mm. Like I was like, I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm the fittest, the healthiest I've ever been in my life, the happiest. I will get pregnant first time. So I had zero fears. And then when it didn't happen, I was genuinely perplexed. <laughs> like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, but I was so confused. And so then we tried again the next month and it didn't happen again. And then the next month and then the next month. And I, like you, had mapped out you know, okay, I was going to, I had started saying no to all of these <laughs> gigs. I'd say no to all of these travel opportunities. Cause I was like, I'm going to be pregnant this year. Yeah. So I, I've got to say no to doing that or going to Necker Island and doing all of these things. I was like, no, I've got to say no, cause I'm going to be pregnant. And then, you know, I later on in my journey realized, and I talk about this in the program, Holy Mama, like you got to live your life. Like you don't mm. stop your life you live your life because a baby wants to come through when the mama is happy and thriving. And I just got full body goosebumps when you said that. Totally. Like the baby wants to, the baby doesn't like the baby wants to come through when the mama is just in her element. Mm. And so I'd like put my life on pause because I was like, I'm going to be pregnant, said no to all of these travel things, said no to all of these speaking gigs. And then, uh, later realized, yeah, that I'm going to start living my life again. But it was one of the biggest spiritual assignments of my life, like letting go of control. There was so much of that that I needed to do and so much surrendering that I needed to do and to come to the place of trust that everything is always unfolding the way it's supposed to. And the universe has a divine plan with its own timing and it took me a while to get there and then I got there and then we got pregnant. Yeah. So how did you get there? Like when you say that you, you, you it's almost like you're saying that you found peace with it and you were able to surrender. Like how did you get there? I did a lot of internal work. I did a lot of, um, during that 18 months, it was such a big spiritual assignment for me. I did a lot of personal development. It was like personal development on steroids. Mm. I did a lot of inner child healing work. I did a lot of red thread lineage healing work. Um, but ultimately I did a lot of letting go of control and surrendering and what that looked like for me was like sitting with that discomfort when it came up, the wanting to control, the wanting it to be on my timeline and almost having a conversation with that part that kept on coming up. And this is, um, you know, in, in 
internal family systems, they talk about the different parts of us. And so there was a part of me that wanted so desperately to control. And so I had a conversation with that part of me and was like, let's, let's have a cup of tea, babe. And we had this beautiful conversation and we worked out, well, why, why am I trying to control and what came up in that? And it was so healing. And um, once we got to the bottom of it, I was able to let it go and release it and came to this place of just trust and surrender. And it was really beautiful, but you do have to look at that stuff. You do have to do that inner work. Um, yeah. If you want to get to that place of surrender and trust within yourself. Yeah. Because you can't get there artificially. It needs to be genuine and authentic surrender and and finding peace with, with the situation. So you got pregnant clearly (laughs) (laughs) given you've got an 18 month old child though. How did you, because what what you were saying there a moment ago is that you really did clear the space for for a baby and you were saying no to things. And then you started, I would assume, saying yes to things. And, and as you said yourself, li- living your life. How did you then navigate the being pregnant and, of course, wanting to nourish yourself and, and nourish your baby? And But at the same time, you're you're quite committed in your business. And I would imagine you had live projects. I know you were writing, were you writing two books? You were writing I, one at the, while wrote- you were pregnant. I think in the early stages of pregnancy, I was finishing Purposeful, which is my original. And then, yeah, I was riding comparisonitis through the pregnancy as well. So this is such a good question, babe, because, yeah, I'm so passionate about changing the narrative around pregnancy. A lot of people have this story that it's just – coded with morning sickness. I don't even call it morning sickness. I I say nausea and vomiting. Like that's what it is. I didn't vomit, but I had nausea Um, because it's not a sickness. It's not an illness. It's not a sickness. It's just hormones ramping up in your body. So call it what it actually is because our language is so So powerful. Never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like our language is so powerful. It's, you know, our thoughts and our words are so powerful. So just like call it what it actually is like nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's such a negative narrative around pregnancy, like it's this and it's that, and you, you're you uncomfortable and you're hot and um, all of these things that happen and, and you don't love your body. And I was really determined to change that narrative for myself. And I truly loved my pregnancy. I loved it. And I loved my pregnant body, loved it so much. Um, all the cellulite on my thighs, everything. Loved it all. Um, And I would love people to get to that place because it's such a beautiful thing. And the baby feels everything that the mama feels. Mm -hmm. And if the mama is overwhelmed and if the mama is stressed, the baby feels all of that. So knowing all of that, I was so determined through my pregnancy to be as calm and as happy as I possibly could, right? That doesn't mean that I didn't cry and I didn't feel pain. Like, yes, I did. But my intention, and I had a conversation with Nick, and he knows this too. Like I had a conversation with him at the start and I was like, okay, so we know that the baby feels everything I feel. My mission is to feel as calm and relaxed and happy 
as I possibly can throughout this whole pregnancy. So I'm going to possibly say no to things that may make me feel overwhelmed or stressed. And I may say no to this event or this family gathering. And he was just like, totally understand. And I may say no to a lot of projects. And I did. I said no to a lot of things during my pregnancy in work and in my personal life, because my intention was calm and happy. So every morning I had that written on a post-it note on my bathroom mirror, calm and happy. I am calm and I am happy. And so I kept on coming back. That was my anchor. I kept on coming back to that. So everything that landed in my inbox for work, I would ask myself, if I do this, will I feel calm and happy? And same with personal invites. If I do this, driving five hours or to this event or this, you know, wedding, blah, 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 will I feel calm and happy? And I got really honest with myself and it was either a yes or a no, not a, oh, maybe if it was an, oh, maybe that's a no. It was either a yes or a no. And so I, my whole pregnancy, I just kept on coming back to those two things, calm and happy. And yes, that meant that I said no thank you to a lot of work opportunities, but I had a really beautiful, calm and happy pregnancy and I wouldn't change it for a thing. That's beautiful, my dear. And I think, I mean, I know from our experience uh I feel with Lexi, when I got pregnant with Lexi, I remember meeting a woman, uh, she was pregnant with her first baby and she was a very, very high powered CEO of a very, very big global PR agency. And she told me she was pregnant and I was so excited. I said, how are you feeling? And she said, you know what? Everything, all this external stuff, it's just stress. And and, and she she made this gesture of kind of almost like creating a shield around her. <laughs> and she said, you know, nothing, nothing gets in here because this is, this is my baby. And uh, that the stress is not penetrating my baby. And, and that really sat with me. That was about three years before I actually got pregnant myself. And then I remember with Lexi when I was pregnant, almost visualizing this shield around me, almost like a force field of nah, nothing, nothing gets in here. Mm-hmm. And it was actually quite a stressful time in my business. It could have been quite a stressful time because I decided when I was seven weeks pregnant to completely change the whole business model. And I resigned all the talent that we represented and I created a whole new model, which is based around a, a strategic model and influencer marketing. And I think the experience with Wilder then was different again, because we were in the middle of a pandemic and my husband's business was going down the toilet because of COVID and everything that had happened. So I feel like I had to be a lot more. It was a very different type of situation when I was pregnant with Wilder. And it required that same level of intention to, yeah, as you say, you know, try, trying to keep things calm and happy and, and reminding myself that everything that I felt, and if I had adrenaline coursing through my system, that that's exactly what the baby was going to, which turned out to be water experience as well. So I love that idea of just having the poster just to to keep ourselves, because you're right, you know, there are still really stressful periods. And I know myself and Wade had some really stressful episodes while while I was pregnant with Wilder, but it's it's about that the anchor, as you say, like bringing ourselves back and bringing ourselves back and being intentional. So I love the poster idea. Yes. It's so good. Something so simple and we can all do it. And it's just about supporting ourselves. Like maybe it's reminders in your phone, like alarms Mm. in your phone to go off or something a couple of times a day. Like there's so many little things that you can do just to support yourself. Um, And, you know, there's when you're pregnant, 
a girlfriend said this to me because when I said to her, I've put my life, you know, I've, I've kind of stopped living my life. And she said, babe, when you get pregnant and if you've already booked that speaking gig and then you say, I need to cancel because I'm pregnant, people are so understanding. Like it's like when you're pregnant and you've just had a baby, people are so understanding. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Like that just was the reminder that I needed to continue living my life and that if down the track I need to cancel something, I can do it. And, mm-hmm. and people are really forgiving and understanding of that. Yeah, also that, that built-in permission to do that. So what was your plan? So you're pregnant, you know you're going to step away from the business for X amount of time. What was your what was the maternity leave vision? Yes. I love this conversation so much. I actually created a free uh, audio training called Eight Secrets to a Blissful Postpartum. And you can get that at melissaambrosini.com forward slash postpartum. And I created this because so many people would say to me, how did you have this blissful postpartum? And I know that's not the case for a lot of people. I know a lot of people experience anxiety, postpartum depletion, depression, all sorts of things. And I was so intentional with my postpartum and my maternity leave. I, in, when I was pregnant, I set myself up for success. And I think that's really important. It's like, it's like going into birth and not doing any prep. You would never do that if you were about to run a marathon. Like if you wouldn't just rock up to a marathon <laughs> and not have done any prep, like not researched the shoes that are the best or like done some training and some uh, squats and some stretching and like maybe breathing. Like you wouldn't rock up to a marathon without any prep. And that's like the same as birth. Birth is a huge marathon, as you know. And I did so much prep and planning and organizing to set myself up for a beautiful postpartum experience and maternity leave. So we did the 40-day lying-in period, which is where we stayed home for 40 days. We didn't have visitors. It was the most magical, beautiful time of my life. Like it was so beautiful, just the three of us. And we were still doing bits of work and things like that, but um, it was just such an intentional, beautiful lying in period where the mother really heals and rests and bonds with the baby and things like that. And then once that was over, I had organized my life and my work to allow me, I'd kind of thought um, like I'd want to, I gave birth in in April and I thought oh, I'll give, um, you know, the rest of the year. So I was like, I'll set myself up so I have like the rest of the year. And then I kind of was like, "Mm," when I got toward the end of the year, I was like, I want a whole year. Like I wanted like April to April. So I had planned uh, a whole lot of podcasts because as you know, I have a podcast. So I'd planned like four months worth of content I'd recorded whilst I was pregnant. Um... And toward the end of my pregnancy, I had to actually say no to quite a few because I was just like, all right, this mom's ready to nap now. Um, so I, I cancelled a few, but I had a bank of about three and a half, four months. I can't remember exactly of podcasts. Amazing. What a great achievement. Well done. Oh, babe, it was and I'm so glad, like, as you say, my future self was like, mm. Lisa, you are awesome. High-fiving oh. me. <laughs> my future self loved me. Um, And then Nick stepped in 
And he did a couple of interviews for me, which was amazing. I listened to a couple of them. They were great. He did a great job. He was awesome. People loved when he stepped in. Um, He was amazing. And so, yeah, he did a couple. And then I started to get back into it. Um, Yeah, like maybe five months after she was born. Um, But then I was doing that and I wasn't creating anything else. I wasn't writing any books. I wasn't doing anything else. And I was okay with keeping on top of the podcast and not creating anything else until, um, you know, the following year where I just had so much creativity inside me and I launched the Holy Mama Journal and Holy Mama, the program. Uh, so all of these exciting things and they were just like ready to be birthed. Yeah, and, yeah. It's almost yeah, like you've got a, it's like your stores are overflowing with creativity. You're like, okay, I, need, I, need to, I need to get this out and, and create awesome things. So how did you manage with the, so I've got two questions for you. Did you actually have a podcast episode go live every single week for that year when you yes. took the full year? That's yeah. Amazing. Good on you. Every- so you were doing the podcast within that year, but nothing else beyond that. Yes. And I had the backlog for a few months and then Nick stepped in and then I was able to kind of like, then she was in like a routine. So I knew when she would have big sleep. So Mm. I just booked the interviews in those times. And if she ever woke, which I don't, maybe once Nick would go and get her and take her for a walk. Like he knew that I would be interviewing and he would just, you know, help me out and support me when we did when I was doing those. That's gold. And how did you manage with the team? So I know you've got a pretty kick-ass team around you. How did you manage with them? Like, was there some communicate? So did they check in with you each week while you're on that year off? How, how did that work? Because I think that's something I see a lot of people really concerned about is that the team is so dependent on me. The clients, for example, if they're in a services business, are so dependent on me. How did you set the team up for you not to be there as much? We actually before get we gave birth completely scaled back mm. so um it just so happened that two people were on maternity leave and they were having babies and so we really scaled back and i basically just had my right hand woman one one full time um and then we have lots of contractors so uh designers um web um my goodness graphic design sorry graphic designers all the creative peeps all the creative peeps like Mm -hmm. we would um contract to all of those but I just had my right hand woman and and yeah like we just said this we're going into a maternity phase maternity period phase and so she uh would keep on top of um you know all of the inboxes and making sure the podcast was still running smoothly and any requests that would come in. And we kind of had just like this standard response um, that she would tweak, like just about being on maternity leave and mm. things like that. So that was really, yeah, we, we knew what phase we were going into. I didn't have like a team of 10 all sitting there waiting for me saying, mm. where's this Instagram post? Where's this? Like I said no to podcast sponsors. I said no to um, social media sponsors and collaborations Um, because it's just the phase that I wanted to be. And I wanted to gift myself this beautiful maternity leave where I didn't have stress. I didn't have to get on my computer. And Mm. I know that I'm speaking from privilege here that I've set my 
and that I've set my business and my life up so that I could do that. And I'm so glad that I did and was able to have that experience. Mm. I think that's almost the blessing, isn't it? From the taking a while to conceive because you have that extra time. (laughs) That extra head start. And you know where you want to be. You know that you want to have a business that you can work around family. So it gives you a bit, of, a little bit of extra time to do that. Now, I, I love how you, you worded this, that you birthed a book and a baby at the same time, because Comparisonitis came out. I was trying to follow because Bambi was born. I think, did Comparisonitis come out within a week of her being born? Yeah, it was the, the official launch day. Holy crap. And was that planned? I no, was to... no, no, that was not planned. So how did that work? So you're already pregnant or the publication, which was set first? Which date? Um, the publication date was first. Yes. And as you so know. So when you got like, pregnant, you're like, oh, my book is coming out on X date. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. And I was like, that's funny. I, that's so interesting that the universe organized it like that. So yeah, I had the publish, the publication date was already set. And as you know, we would, we were trying, we were going for it for 18 months. Mm. And so I thought we would already be pregnant and have had her by then. Yeah. Um, and so then we got pregnant and then I got on the phone with my publisher and I was like, by the way, I'm pregnant. And She's due the same week. And they were so lovely. They were just, and my publicist were just like, we will do whatever we can to support you, Melissa, like whatever we can. And I had the gift of like COVID. So a lot of things were all going online. So all of the Mm. TV interviews I did were all online. That is so true. Yes. I didn't have to fly anywhere. They actually, like, usually um, I would have to go to, if when I lived in Sydney, I'd have to go to Booktopia and I would sign 2000 copies of my books. They posted me a thousand copies of my books. (laughs) I I signed all of them in my garage with my mother-in-law and Nick, um, whilst I was heavily pregnant and then posted them all back. Like there was so many awesome things. Um, yeah, there's definitely silver lining in COVID if, if you're in that situation and the publication date wasn't movable. That wasn't flexy wasn't flexi no, no. wow because I remember seeing and I loved one of the ideas that you talked about in comparisonitis around the the whole concept of zooming out like not assuming just because we see this little snippet of someone's life that that's exactly how their life is and I actually messaged you right because I read comparisonitis and I was watching you on insta just popping bambi on your boob I remember this one particular story that you did and you you were sitting in the front seat of your car and I said anyone else just do a quick feed before we set off in the car and at that time, I was struggling with feeding. I was so engorged. Wilder had fed so hard for those first couple of days that I think he brought in enough. Our midwife said he brought in enough milk for three babies. So, and I was, my nipples were in, oh, it was so painful. And I was watching your stories while I was reading Comparisonitis and trying to navigate this breastfeeding issue. <laughs> I just remember going, oh, it looks so easy for Melissa. Like, why is it not that easy for me? And it was only later that you shared more about your own experience, which was not dissimilar to my experience that breastfeeding wasn't a walk in the park initially with Bambi. So anyway, the whole idea of zooming out. And I remember you shared this uh, Insta post and you said, but it, it all looks really lovely here, but zoom out. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm up. Our baby's asleep downstairs. Myself and Nick are setting up. I think you were doing a U.S. media yeah. interview to support the book. And so I think she was only like a week or two old was she at that point that was a lot going on at that time she was 
However, and I and I was just talking about this in another interview, actually, because yeah, so she was just born, and then I had all of these US TV interviews. So like Good Morning America and all of these shows that I was doing at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, my time. But the thing is, is A, I was already up. Yes. And B, like I had so many hormones running through me that I was like, this is like, I'm happy. I was just so, high on life. Yes. I was high <laughs> on life. I was like peaking. So it didn't feel like a chore at all. Like it was really, really, um, really fun. So what I would do is I would set my alarm and then I would just sneak out. I would get ready. And Nick knew like if she woke um, to just, hold her like because these interviews were like only 15 minutes yeah, you know, so it wasn't quick. yeah it wasn't long like these tv segments are super quick so you know he would just hold her or whatever but I don't think she even woke up and then um yeah I did the interview and then I'd come back downstairs and then I would wash my face and get back into bed and <laughs> yeah it was it was a fun time but like yeah I just I kept on saying to Nick I'm like I wonder why the universe in the moment, like it's always with hindsight, we have the revelations mm. and the realizations. And I said, I wonder why the universe worked this like this. And, and he was like, well, babe, maybe you don't need to push this book like you have the other ones, like done big promos and big mm. tours. And maybe the universe is like, this book is going to be so good on its own. Like it doesn't need to tour America and do all these things. And Comparisonitis has done so well. And I don't know. I just was like, maybe, maybe that's the reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. So tell me, if I asked you at the very outset of our conversation, what was Melissa pre-Bambi like? What, what has, what has, uh, two questions, what has stayed the same, particularly around how you approach your business? What has stayed the same since Bambi was born? And second part of the question is what has changed since Bambi was born? I think, oof. I'm really struggling to find something that stayed the same because I was going to say, you know, still my discipline, but I'm even more disciplined. So that's yeah, not the I get same. You. Yeah, yeah. You know, sense. and then I was I was going to say my love and my passion for my work, but it's not, it's gone, it's gone amplified, it's gotten amplified. So I'm struggling to find something that stayed exactly the same. I feel like everything has been amplified, you know. Mm-hmm. I was going to say my love for Nick. No, but that's been amplified. Um, I don't know if anything has stayed the same. Every, I feel like everything is different. And I think when you when you embark on that maiden to mother, that matrescence journey, you're never the same. You're never who you once were. And I know a lot of women grieve that. They really grieve that part of themselves, the maiden part. But for me, and I think, I don't know if this was for you, when you have 18 months to yearn, deeply yearn for that baby, that you've almost like processed the grief of the old you. Like, you know, I I don't, I didn't grieve. Like some of my friends who got pregnant, um, like weren't trying and got pregnant or got pregnant first time, they, I've found, had to grieve a bit more, like they didn't have as long a time to kind of process. So they've really grieved that maiden part of them. 
But yeah, for me, like you're never, ever the same once you give birth. It is like, I remember someone said this to me. It's like, when you give birth, the, because women hold our creativity in our womb. Like it's, it's the creative life force treasure chest. And like when you are pregnant and you birth, like that key gets unlocked. You unlock the key to that creativity. And someone said that to me and I was like, oh, whatever. And then now that I've been through it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like it's just, yeah, it's been so expansive and yeah, I'll never be the same, never, ever be who I was. I don't feel like there's any, like, I don't use the words going back or like bouncing back. Like you're just an upgraded version of yourself Mm -hmm. once you give birth. And I think we need to change the narrative around that too. You know, there's no going back or bouncing back. It's like only forward, Mm -hmm. better version of yourself, an upgraded version of yourself. And like, I say this all and I don't want anyone to think that it's like all rainbows and butterflies. Like like you said, I had such an uh, interesting journey with breastfeeding. Like I did not think it was going to be ch- – I literally was like, you just put them on. Like, I had, again, I had no fears around breastfeeding. I know a lot of women do, but I had zero – I was like, you just put them on. How hard is it going to be? They know what to do. It, nature organizes everything. And then I was like you, so engorged, like bowling ball. I'm laughing now, but you know what I used to dread when I had a shower and then having to dry myself after the shower, I was so tender. I would be like weeping. Oh. <laughs> Poor Alexi, I think she's still like conditioned because what would happen when I put, I'd put him on and if they, if her or Wade spoke to me, like shh, it would total silence for about 30 seconds until like he was on and feeding. And yeah, (laughs) I just want to come back to a couple of things you said there. I think the same, I didn't grieve for like the pre baby me with Lexi, but I have to say that for me, the transition from one to two kids has been very different. Mm. I feel like Lexi almost like I could just strap her on me and go. I mean, we went to Bali for eight weeks, me and her, like we, we, we did adventures and I feel like she would come to Melbourne with me for a business trip. And it was a lot easier that way in terms of my time, because also when we had Lexi, if I wanted to go do something, maybe go do a yoga class or whatever, then Wade was on Lexi and and vice versa. Mm. Whereas now it's because we have two and they're at quite different ages as well. Lexi's at school, Wilder's not. It's, that that's been a bigger transition for me that mm. I don't think I was quite prepared for that. The other thing I want to talk about is the upgraded when you talked about the upgrade and that I love that idea of the key to the treasure chest. And mm. so true. Mm. So true. But I think it's almost, it's a double whammy, isn't it? It's, it's like you get all that, that spring or that well of creativity, but then it's also coupled with this discipline and that structure and that laser focus that you need to have because the time that you have to, play around with your creative pursuits it's it's a lot more reduced so it's almost like that creativity but on steroids because it's you need to bring it into the world in a very different way than maybe you did before children yes I love that I think there's a couple of upgrades going on now you mentioned the holy mama a couple of times and I said do you remember when we saw each other in Bondi earlier on this year and I said to you you should really write a book about this whole you becoming a mom and because I I could see it from day one, as soon as you announced you were pregnant, like this was such a 
it was just a journey that you were on and you were so passionate about it and educating yourself. And I loved listening to anything you did around pregnancy because I was pregnant at the same time and I was loving the content that you're creating. And I said to you, you should really write a book about it. And you just kind of smiled knowingly as if, as if to say there's something coming. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Mama is, is out in the world. Can you tell us about it? Where did it come from? Yes. Oh my goodness. So this was bubbling away inside me and it's now out and I'm so proud of it. And you can join it between now and November 4th. But let me tell you about it. It's a program, an online program, and it is broken up into four areas. It's The first one is conscious conception, pregnancy, birth and postpartum, and then conscious parenting. So it's broken mm-hmm. up into those four areas. And I share and I teach on those. And then I've brought in some of the world's best experts, doctors, scientists to also teach on those areas. So it's incredible. Like you get all of these amazing experts inside the program as well. And basically, so when I met Nick in November 2013, before him, I was like, I don't want to get married and I don't want to have babies. Then I met him and I was like, I want to marry you and I want to have your babies. Oh, that's so special. And um, you've read Open Wide, so you yes. know, but we got engaged after two weeks and then we got married five and a half months later and that is nine years ago now. Mm. And when you know, you know. And so I started my conscious conception journey in 2013. So as soon as I knew that I wanted to have babies with him, I went to a naturopath and I got all the bloods done. I did all of the tests and I got to see where I was at, you know, hormones and all of this. And not because we were going to have a baby straight away. We knew that it was still a long way off for us, but I knew one day. And so I entered trimester zero as my friend of Farouz calls it, trimester zero. And so I began priming my body from that moment on and my mind, I read every single book I could on pregnancy, conception, birth, conscious parenting. I attended seminars. I dove headfirst. And then I had the privilege of interviewing the world's best experts in the entire world on these topics. And I became obsessed in a healthy way with learning about Mm. these topics because I loved it so much. And my friends and Nick would say to me, you are the most educated, not pregnant person (laughs) I have ever met. Like I could literally tell you things that happened in the body and the hormones and all of these things that happen in birth and things like that. Um, And my friends would just be like, how do you know all this? You're not even pregnant. And I was like, I know. And I knew that this was still a long way off for me Mm. and for us. And then In 2018, um, I woke up one morning and I turned to Nick and I said, I'm ready. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, was he ready? Yeah, he was always. He'd been ready before you. That's happened to a few of my friends with the guys, the one like, no, I'm I'm, I'm good to go. Let's let's do it. And she's. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And he was always like, he was more like, um, he was actually quite neutral. Like he wasn't not Mm. ready and he wasn't like, I'm bursting too. He was quite neutral. And so when I rolled over and I said to him, I'm ready, he's like, wow, what shifted? And I said, I can only explain it as that maternal switch was flicked on overnight. Mm. 
And he was like, just like that. And I was like, just like that. And so that was at the end of 2018. And so we decided we were, I was doing like a, some sort of gut healing protocol at the time. So I spoke to my doctor, Dr. Stephen Cabral. And I said, you know, we'll wait till January. So January, 2019, I think it was, um, we decided let's do it. We had the most beautiful conscious ceremony, like mantras and candles. And we said a prayer and we were chanting beforehand and meditating like it was the most beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And we were very intentional about it. And then two weeks later, I got my period and I was like, oh, well, that's, that's weird. And like I said, I was genuinely perplexed. And um, yeah, then that went on for the 18 months. Um, but I'm so grateful th- for the growth that I had during that 18 months. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. And everything that I learned during that time, I've been able to infuse into Holy Mama. So it's it's all beautiful. And And I've always known from 2013, when I realized that I became obsessed with these these topics and Nick said to me, you're going to write a book on this one day. I've known for that long that I will write a book on this. Mm. Um, But the program's got to come first. So Holy Mama was born and it's here and it is the most holistic and comprehensive program in the world. That I've never heard of anyone doing and because this program's around pregnancy and this program's around conscious parenting, but I haven't heard anyone. And when you explain those four pillars, they just make such sense. Yes. It's of course, it isn't it that thing. Sometimes the best ideas are the most obvious ones. When someone has an idea, you're like, Oh, why didn't someone else think of that? It's, it's so, it just makes beautiful sense. So tell us all about how does the program work? So do you, is it like a self-paced? Is it timed? How, How does it work if someone signs up to do it? No, it's it's live. So yeah. you will be with me for eight weeks. Brilliant. Um, and so module one is broken up into two weeks. So the first two weeks is all about conscious conception. Yes. Okay. So, so do two weeks on each pillar. Two weeks on each pillar. So yeah, there's four pillars, two weeks on each pillar. So um, for the first two weeks, we're diving deep into conscious conception. I teach on it. Then you have a whole call as well where it's just Q&A with me. Um, and then you get the three expert masterclasses on top of that. For each um, pillar. On each pillar. That's yes. epic. Wow. So you've got three to four guest experts in each pillar. And then you can upgrade to become a VIP mama, which means that you get five extra guest experts uh, answer where you can submit your questions to them and they will answer them for you. And these, these people, so we've got Dr. Cleopatra, Dr. Stephen Cabral, Dr. Oscar, who wrote the postnatal depletion cure. Love his book. Yeah. We've got Deborah um, Bonero, who created the documentary Orgasmic Birth. And then we've got Dr. Sarah Buckley, who wrote Gentle Gentle Mothering, Gentle um, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, which was a game-changing book for me. So you have the opportunity to submit your questions to them. These people don't even see clients one-on-one, right? And so um, you you can get that in the VIP mama as well. And it's just so epic. It's so awesome. And the doors are open right now. 
This is the only time that you can join. They close November 4th in Australia, November 3rd in America. So if you're thinking about it, jump on because the doors are going to close and then um, that's it. You can't join after that. So come and join us. I'm so excited about it. That's amazing. Just As you're talking about it, because if anyone's listening, well, obviously people are listening, but some people might be watching this on video on Insta as well. But you just look so lit up talking about it. <laughs> you know, when you're I, talking to someone, they just find their path. It's when I'm talking to a mentee and they just, they're so clear on where they're going. It's, yeah, it's so beautiful to see you like that. Thank you, babe. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Like, and it's, you know, this is the season that I'm in in my life. It's so current for me. Mm. And so it's so fresh. And I just love learning about it and teaching about it. Yeah. On that note, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who is sitting where Lorraine and Melissa were sitting a few years ago where they want to have a baby? They've also got their business or maybe they're thinking about starting a business, but they are reticent to because they want to have a baby and they don't know how that's going to work. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone in that situation where they have a business, want to have a family one day, aren't sure how it's going to work? Trust Mm. and don't lose hope. Trust and don't lose hope. And one of our mutual friends, Rach McDonald, she said to me when in this 18 months, she said, don't lose hope, baby girl, don't lose hope. Because there was times where I'd just call her bawling my eyes out because I got my period and she was like, babe, don't lose hope. And if you are on that conscious conception journey, don't lose hope and trust that you don't have to have all of the ducks lined up. You don't have to have the best perfectly in order like it'll all work out yeah you know and things are going to look different and one of the things that I've realized one of the many things that I've realized since having Bambi is like you just got to go with it you know Mm -hmm. go with it because you don't know what is going to happen with them in the night or whatever and you just go with it you don't resist it like you don't get angry that she's teething like what is that going to do You just go, how can I support her? And then how can I support myself the next day? If I've had less sleep, how can I support myself? What can I do? This whole, and I talk about this so much in the program, this whole idea of like putting ourselves at the bottom of our to-do list is absolute rubbish. Mm. Like the mother is the heartbeat of the home. The mother is their energy dictates the entire energy and the health of the home. We need to be thriving and happy and healthy because when we are thriving, happy and healthy, everyone in the home is thriving, happy and healthy. So this whole idea of like people pleasing and putting everyone else before us is just Like, is that really serving you? No. So like do whatever you've got to do to fill yourself up. And I talk about this so much in Holy Mama, in all the different phases, in the conscious conception phase, the pregnancy, the birth, the postpartum, the conscious parenting, you have to do whatever you can in each of those phases to fill yourself up so that you are thriving. And I know you're so good at this, babe. Like you've got two kids and you still make time for you. You still Mm. fill yourself up. Does it look different? Yes. Mm. Like, you know, we don't sit and have four hour dates at Orchard Street anymore. Like (laughs) 
it's my might be an hour you know yeah. it's just yeah we call them express catch-ups because my girlfriends and I, pre-baby, we would have four-hour picnics. We would mm. sit there and talk for four hours without looking at our phone, without coming up for a breath, and we don't do that anymore. And it's just a phase because we've either got tiny humans running around us or we do express one-hour catch-ups, and that's just the phase that we're in. And we all accept it. We don't resist it, and we just go, it is what it is. Mm. And it's better than not seeing someone at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. If you're holding out for the, oh, well, we used to have overnights or we used to have a late night wine and drinks or dinner or whatever we used to have. And this morning, as we're recording this, I went for a walk at 5.30 this morning with my friend Stacy, and I came back so filled up. And that's that's just the season that 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 we're in. Yeah, I feel like to- you've already answered my question, my next one, which was what would you say to... Mamas who are already business owners. And I feel like that's that's to them what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Not, not putting yourself at the bottom of to do this. And get creative, right? I talk mm. about this in Holy Mama. Get creative. Like, okay, one of my girlfriends, she has she has two kids, but they're in care, they're in school and stuff. And she knows, like, she said to me, like, I love you and I want to catch up with you. She knows that if she wants to catch up with me, she has to be at my house at 5.45 a.m. for a walk with me. And that's not like she has to, but like she does that once a week because she wants to spend time with me and she knows that I'm in a different phase of my life mm-hmm. where I can't leave, I can't go for long periods. I can, but I'm choosing not to. Like I want to be here for Bambi and I want to be, you know, there every time she wakes up and and have that time with her. So, you know, some of my friends have been so understanding and supportive and we just get creative. So like nap times, my girlfriends know when she sleeps and they're like, I'm coming over during her nap time on the weekend. And we just, <laughs> we sit on my balcony and we just talk like, you know, for that whole time. And you just got to get creative, like of when you can fit things in and like also for a business owner, like I am doing something that I would never have taught to do pre-baby, right? I get up and I meditate always. I always meditate first thing in the morning and I do a little bit of movement. And then guess what I do? I start working sometimes at 6.30 in the morning, sometimes at six in the morning. I get in work before she gets up. Pre-Bambi, I would never have touched my computer until a lot later, but I've got these pockets of time when she's sleeping and when she's with her nanny for two hours in the morning, which where she's, she is right now. And so I work in the mornings and sometimes I work once she's gone to bed and I would never have done that pre. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, I'm in a little routine at the moment where I record a podcast episode on Tuesday night. And I mean, I get to bed maybe half an hour later than I normally would, but actually quite enjoy it. It's yeah, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. Different different phase. Yeah. Thank you so much for this chat. Do you feel like there's anything that we've missed? I feel like we've traversed a lot of ground. (laughs) Is there anything you feel like we've missed as we've been talking? I think we have covered so much and I just want everyone listening to know that you can have both. Mm. It is possible the dance between the two looks different to if you were solely a mama or solely a boss babe. And they're all awesome camps to sit in, all of them, whatever you choose. And whatever one you do choose, 
just get creative, have fun. Mm -hmm. and know that if you do want to do the dance between being a boss babe and having babies, um, you can absolutely do it. It's, it's possible. Just Mm -hmm. got to get creative. And I'd love to emphasize everything you just said. And also I feel like I'm, I'm, this is the, the Melissa point, but just trying as much as possible not to compare yourself to other people's journeys because every business is different. Every family is different. Every mom is different. Every dad is different. And as much as possible, not trying not to compare yourself because you're on such a unique path of each of us are on our our own unique paths and I also just love to and I I really love what you said Melissa about not putting ourselves at the bottom of the to-do list because it's very difficult to be creative and it's very difficult to meditate it's very difficult to do all the amazing things that you do if you're just absolutely exhausted so I feel like there's almost this baseline that we need of okay we are sufficiently rested and cared for ourselves and then everything else becomes possible because I would just hate for anyone to listen to this episode going, they make it sound so easy, but I'm so exhausted because my baby's just not sleeping. And I think that's where the, the kindness comes in and the, the looking after us first. What you said about the mom being the heartbeat of the family. Holy crap, that is so true. So true. Okay. Mm-hmm. How I am, my mood day to day dictates the mood of our entire family. And it's really annoying because Wade could be really cranky, which he rarely does, but he could be really cranky and everyone's fine. Everyone can yeah. deal. But if I'm cranky, oh yeah, oh yeah, the wheels come off the whole thing, the whole bloody thing. So I, I, I would love to end this conversation on your point around really making sure that we're our tanks are full because that makes it makes it all possible. Yes, one hundred percent. I will good. pop a link to Holy Mama in the show notes and emails and socials so everyone everyone knows where it's at as well. And I just want to wish you the best luck with the program. It sounds magical. I wish it was something, I mean, I could do conscious parenting, yes. but I wish it was something that I, I would love to have done this six years ago before I'd even started thinking about kids. I'd yeah. love to have done it. I think it's perfect. Yes. Well, you will get a lot out of the conscious parenting side, but yes, I mean, oh, it's just perfect for anyone who's, um, you know, wanting to embark on this journey. Amazing. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much. So there you have it. The amazing business mama, Melissa Ambrosini. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Quick reminder, you can grab Melissa's postpartum guide, which is a free resource on her website, melissaambrosini.com forward slash postpartum. And her new program, Holy Mama, is open right now. And you can find out more about it at holy, W-H-O-L-Y-M-A-M-A.com, holymama.com. And I'll catch you again next week for next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining myself and Melissa today. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community. Or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.